Welcome to The Light Pod, brought to you by LightEye, a hub for ideas, education, and a little bit of entertainment when it comes to architectural lighting. I'm your host, Sam Corbel, and today we're at Enlighten Americas in the middle of the desert, Palm Springs, California. It's heating up out here. There's a lot of lighting professionals, a lot of lighting talent, and it is officially the lighting nerd capital of North America until Sunday. Today, we're catching up with Kelly Jones co-CEO and president of Lighting Design Alliance based out of Los Angeles. You may have heard of the Lighting Design Alliance for their work locally in North America, but they are a global company operating, I think, on just about every single continent. Kelly is also a mom. She's got a beautiful eight-year-old daughter, and as you can imagine, has had one heck of a journey to learn how to not only parent, but also be a professional manage clients, and run an entire company with 40 plus designers. Kelly, what's going on? Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much. Happy to be here in the desert. Nerds United. There was light cella last night. Yes, light cella. Did you see the drone show? I did. Drones flying around everywhere. I'm not going to lie. I was impressed. What's it been like to be at Enlighten, and see everyone be back together with this community? It's been awesome. We've been thinking about this a lot. Chip and I talked a lot about to the office because we knew it'd been Palm Springs. We knew we were two hour drive away. We wanted to bring the whole office, but I don't think we were anticipating how awesome it would be to see everybody and to have lighting as a family, as we both know, from school, from our colleagues, to our profession, throughout our whole careers. So it's literally like a big family reunion, which has been awesome. Family is one way to put it. I would say like tribe, cult. It is such a strong community. It's really not that big. Mm-hmm. But in moments like this, I feel like this really creates a celebration around the profession, around all the people involved in it, and it gets everybody fired up. Absolutely. So when they go back to work, they're like three times as motivated to be proud of what they do. And that's probably one of the coolest things the ILD does for this profession. Absolutely. Yeah, it's all about inspiration, especially in design and we seek it everywhere. I also think it's cool you guys brought your whole office. Kudos to you. Thank you. Yeah. Letting everybody out of the dungeon for a little bit. I mean, Absolutely. We, we all got to work. We all got to work for a living, but we got to play too. Right? That's right. We got to get out there. That's right. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your journey and how you found balance in that and, and let you share a little bit of your story. Before we get to that, tell everybody who's Kelly. And how did you get your start in lighting? Well, Kelly is a Midwest girl at heart that has been in LA a long time, which is hard to believe now. But I always wanted to be an architect. And I found myself at the University of Kansas. But yeah, I've always loved design. I just don't think I realized how much I love design, especially lately as I've been reflecting a lot more on it. Um, I really stumbled into lighting because I did architectural lighting at the University of Kansas. And I was really inspired by my early, very first freshman year Uh, history of architecture class for ancient and medieval. There was an amazing professor that we had there, Lou Michael, who also taught the space and light theory classes and wrote an amazing book, little plug for him. But he would talk about how ancient architects would filter light into buildings and the natural lighting of the Pantheon or the temples of Egypt and how light would rake across buildings. And at the time, I didn't even know lighting design truly was a thing. I was just drawn to that, not even realizing it. And um, my first summer, I wanted an internship. I was always very ambitious and proactive. So I was talking to one of my best friends from high school, whose father owns one of the biggest electrical contracting firms in St. Louis. And he's like, Kelly, didn't didn't I hear you say something about lighting in one of your classes? And I didn't even realize I did. And um, he's like, well, you know, I know somebody that's a lighting designer here in St. Louis. His name is Randy Burkett. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm gonna, I think you should talk to him. Went to Randy's office, told him I'd never had one class in lighting. I don't know the difference between a metal halide or a fluorescent. 
And in typical Randy, oh, I can mold you. This is great. <laughs> so fast forward, had some great internships with Randy, with Tom Kaskowski's group. I still have a strong love for the St. Louis Lighting Group from those days. And then that last summer before I graduated, I wanted something different, went to Boston. So had a um, great experience at Land Partners. A lot of them are here as well. And I just fell in love with lighting. Um, it wasn't, I had a great experience at school and design school, but I was very fortunate to have three different unique experiences with incredible mentors. And that's where I learned early on that lighting is such a great group of people. And the best part about it is we get to work on so many different types of projects, especially when I was at HOK. have many great architecture friends, but they were sitting there doing wall details, <laughs> toilet details, which that's great. They were passionate about that. Good for them. But I was working on 10 different projects at a time and getting to go to you know lighting mock-ups at the old courthouse underneath the arch and just the experience of transforming lighting right then and there in front of me just changed my world forever. It changed your world forever. I think that's a pretty bold statement, but it's true because I can see the smile on your face and yeah. you see it. Talk to me a little bit about what motivated you as a young woman, as a professional, to kind of always push yourself. I always played sports, so that was a big part of it. That's probably why I'm still passionate as a fan today. But I think it's interesting. A lot of the conferences and seminars that we've been in here is about team. And I think it all comes back to that for me. Everything is always we, we, we in everything that we do. So I think that's always driven me a lot just in sports and competition, but friendly competition. At the same time, travel. Travel's always motivated me. I, mean, I grew up in the Midwest. I talk to my dad a lot these days because we took a lot of vacations, but my parents didn't relax. <laughs> it was like marathon vacations, right? But I loved it. It was exciting. The best part about childhood was going to a hotel and my dad and I would explore the hotel. I'd read the little floor map. Where's the ice machine? Where's the pool? Does this pool have a slide? You know, just exploring and especially now working on these hotels and resorts, it's pretty funny how full circle that can be as well. And even as a kid, always loving Disney World at night, the night experience, not even getting that until later. And now working on all those themed projects and all those things that you don't realize motivate you as a kid. And here we are today. <laughs> the spirit of a team, the spirit of learning how to work together yeah. and push each other. Mm -hmm. It's something that's critical in any design practice yes. because not only in your own company, but with your peer group, there's a lot to consider. However, it can become overwhelming very quickly. Through your early career, what point did you understand there's a lot here to do and efficiency is going to be a part of this? I think I've always been a big picture person. So I think that I've always been able to take a step back in what has to be done now. I think we have to be flexible and adaptable in this career. And luckily that's part of my personality, but it's not everybody's personality. So also trying to find, okay, what has to be accomplished now? Who can fill in those roles the best? And how are we gonna get it done? And especially in lighting, it's all about the details as well. So we still have to make sure that all these little boxes get checked, but at the same time, who's doing what and how are we gonna accomplish that? Cause it does take a team throughout the whole process, whether it's sitting around a table and talking about a concept, or if it's, hey, we've got to get these drawings out, or production versus design. It's a constant balance. Do you remember the first time that all this was happening and you kind of sat back and you said, dang, this is challenging. Yeah, it was earlier in my career. And I think the first time I had to really delegate, that was where it got challenging because I was used, I can get this done. I mean, you know, when we'd help each other out in our office, we were a smaller group when I started out. Um, but as we started to grow pretty quickly, we hired more people and I literally had to have another one of the senior designers come in and plant a person at the desk next to me. This person is here to help you. You, It was like that eye-opening experience where, oh, okay. And you have to learn how to do that. 
And I think that's what we try to teach all of our designers and senior level designers. That is hard to let go of certain things sometimes, but that's how we're gonna accomplish the best results. Delegating, it's not easy to do, especially in design. Nobody can read anyone's mind. How do you feel like you started to learn how to delegate in practice? What were some of the tools that you either were taught or developed that help you find a way to communicate where we were going? I mean, you said you're a big picture but there's a bunch of stuff to get done along the way. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think it's just sitting down and literally mapping it out. We talk about storyboarding sometimes in our offices if we're producers. We're, we're not in the movie world, but at the same time, this is our end goal. We want to make this beautiful project, but there's all these little things that need to happen to get there. So I think sometimes even breaking that down step by step when you're teaching someone is what helps remind you of all the things too that have to get done. So it's all about that communication and sometimes verbalizing those things that help you realize, oh, we might have missed something or they might help you decide, oh, oh yeah, we are missing that. So it's that back and forth that helps you get there. And when you talk about a storyboard, I mean, there's two key components of that, right? There's the visual yeah. and then there's the copy or the text and the description. In your office, do you feel like there's a combination of both of those always? Does one lead the other? And how do you create both of those elements? I think it depends on the project, honestly. Sometimes if it's a if it's a smaller project, if it's a restaurant, it's a little bit easier to do that because you know, you're still dealing dealing with a lot of details and a lot of kind of layers that are built into it. But it's a little bit easier to just kind of bullet point, right? Maybe more textual. But if it's a huge project, then that is where we need to start to build visuals out of it. And you're almost breaking down the project into different areas or zones and what you know, how does everything transition together? And that's it. It gets a little more complex. As you dive into that complexity, when you think about executing stuff for many hours a day, for many moments in time, it requires focus. It requires dedication. Design isn't something you can click in and click out like you're an attorney reviewing a document 15 minutes at a time. You've got to carve out time. You've got to sit down. You've got to work. But you've also got to work with everything else that's going on. How do you sit down and plan and decide what you're going to work through when and, and create some finite boundaries around that? Every day. I feel like every day is a constant. My, my friends look at my phone sometimes and say it looks like Tetris, but it's literally just these blocks of time that I have to put everything in the calendar. And it's um, whether that's obviously conference calls like we all have, and of course those have increased with since the pandemic, but um, meetings, travel time to a meeting, but also I have to build in time to review with our team or if it's design time or if it's just catch up time on a project. I have, we have to build all those things in. Otherwise, it uh, just keeps getting pushed off and that's not good. And when you look at it every day, what's balance look like? How do you kind of judge... Is it like, oh my God, I have to scroll to see the end of my calendar for the day? Or, you know, what's your mindset? It starts to go horizontal, that? which is not good. So it's not easy. <laughs> it's a constant pivoting and adapting and, hey, what's taking precedence right now? And, uh, you know, sometimes that's where the delegation comes back in too, right? We have a great team. We have senior leaders that can take on some of those things or, hey, I, I'm not going to be able to do this part today, but, you know, if we have to move it, we'll do that. It's just a lot of shifting. And when you shift that stuff, that's that's the adaptability right that's coming back to that mentality of oh we know where we need to get and this was the idea the first time mm -hmm. it's not going to work let's try this let's try this yeah it's pivoting it's waking up every day and it's thinking about that there's a whole nother part of your life that we haven't even got to yet yeah which is you leave and go home every day contrary to popular belief every designer does sleep they do yeah. take time off and yep. we all do go home at the end of the day what's it like for you 
to say, that's enough for the day. You know, do you plan that? Is that a moment in time that comes up for you? How does that come about to you? That's always in the back of my mind because eight years ago, it was very different where I'm like, oh, well, you know, if I can't get that done by 6 p.m. or a certain time, I'll just stay late or I'll do it at 10 o'clock tonight. I don't have that. I'm not even going to call it a luxury. I just don't have that anymore. But I, I've set boundaries. I make sure that I leave at a certain time. Now, there's times where if my whole team is still there, if it's a you know a big deadline, I want to still be there for them. So there are times where I'm like, okay, we're gonna have to stay late tonight. This is just how it's gonna be. But I'm also very lucky to have a very a great support system for childcare as well. But in the back of my mind, my daughter's my number one priority. That's what I'm doing everything for now. Same with my husband and his business. She is my number one priority. So that's why I wanna I want to leave by a certain time. But I also want to be there for our team as well. So it's uh you know you gotta got to figure out what the priority is that day. And they're all equally important. But yeah, it's definitely changed how I have to approach time. My mom used to, I always heard my mom saying, there's not enough hours in the day. There's not enough hours in the day. And she was a very cool, calm, collected woman. But, um, and I never got it as a kid. I'm like, what is she talking about? But now, oh my God, do I get it? Right? So it's just, why can't we have more time? I have the biggest smile on my face right now. Um, I've been a father for only eight months now, and I can very vividly reflect on life as not being a parent. Mm -hmm. Listening to parents talk about that and literally not getting it at all. Not understanding it, not getting, you know, why my boss is getting up and leaving when I'm sitting here working. Absolutely. How do you help people understand this is why I'm doing what I'm doing and you probably don't get it and that's okay. I mean, that's yeah. a really hard barrier to overcome, especially with a staff as big as yours yeah. in an age range and yeah. all kinds of decisions about when and where to have children. I talk about it a lot and I talk about it a lot with them. I was in their shoes too, right? So I talked. I try to talk to them about from that viewpoint. Like I didn't get it either, right? I had even, I was, my husband and I waited a long time to get married. We took our time until we had our daughter. And um, so I was having employees that had kids. I was I was being as understanding as possible, but I didn't get it. You know, it's like anything. You don't you think you know everything until you're in that situation, right? But now I think that's a very big priority for me as a you know, business owner and a mom is making sure that my employees, when they have, we have two new babies of the past year, um, I want those moms. And when it happens for the dads, I want them to feel as supported as possible. Talking about it is obviously the best way to do things because it's communication. Communication one-on-one is people can't read your mind, try to describe it, try to explain it. You mentioned how you were understanding of your team as it was happening, but you knew you couldn't relate. That's a life lesson right there. Mm -hmm. Understanding that you can't possibly be in that other person's shoes, but there has to be some empathy. There has to be a, a side of you as a professional to understand that you aren't your peers. And it's kind of brutal, but like, It's just work at the end of the day because we all go home. I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to dive into this parenting thing a little bit more. It's a real thing. It is real. (laughs) Most people end up doing this. Mm -hmm. And most people have to juggle a lot. You specifically being a parent, being a manager, being a mentor, running a business, and managing them along the way. Sounds good? Sounds good. Hey, it's Sam. The Light Pod is brought to you by LightEye, a hub for ideas, education, and a little bit of entertainment when it comes to architectural lighting. They make things like documentaries, short, informative, educational two-minute videos, and of course, bring you this podcast, The Light Pod. Check them out at lytei.com. (laughs) 
and welcome back. Over the break, Kelly and I are catching up just a little bit more about how crazy life is when it comes to being a parent. There's so much to manage. There's so much to be responsible for. And as much as you try to show up and be there for your kids, uh, sometimes life happens. Sometimes that late deadline pops up. Sometimes you get stuck in traffic, but that's okay. So long as you have the right mindset, the right effort, you understand what matters to you. Kelly, when you look at parenting, it is a real thing. Most people do it, but that's not the only thing you're doing. You're running a business, you're managing a team, you're working to develop business, working with clients at every level, from prospective clients to clients you've had for a lifetime. Yep. There's a lot coming at you every day. There's a lot of people telling you what they expect out of you. How do you deal with all that? Well, I don't think about all of the things all at once. <laughs> that's that's the first step. <laughs> but yeah, I deal with it with, uh, well, number one, put a smile on my face and I try to move forward. But I deal with it with a lot of help. So it starts at the office with having an amazing team and an amazing business partner. So that's the number one help. But clients are there 24-7. So at home, both my husband, who is great, and my daughter know that, ugh, got a work call. Especially during COVID, my daughter got very used to that because we were doing kindergarten and first grade at home. And there was just the, if the door was closed versus if the door was open. But if you ever have an emergency, you're allowed to knock on that door because you're number one, right? So she always knows that she's the priority. But she's also used to it and she respects it. And I joke around that she can make my presentations sometimes because she's so used to listening to some of these things now. But I think people in general have gotten a lot more understanding about, especially if you, even some great clients that have been friends for a long time, they don't have kids, but they know that Talia's there. They know that, okay, I've got a school thing this night. No, I can't travel at night. I'll travel the next day. Um, I think just communicating and being open with people and not trying to hide anything. I'm not trying to pretend like all this is easy, but just push through and it's the juggle. We're all doing it. I don't have all the answers, but I'm very, very fortunate to have great support and people that I trust because trust is a big part at both home and business. You said to me earlier, I have the coolest job in the world. I get paid to give my opinion on life. You love what you do and you love your daughter and you love your family. I feel like there's just passion behind everything you do. And by letting that be the lowest common denominator, the commonality between all aspects of your life, you've found this vulnerable opportunity to be honest with people, mm -hmm. to say, I can't do that because of this. When you deliver it, how does it feel when that message is well received on the other end? It feels great. I think 99.9% .9 of the time it's well received. And I think everybody has something that they can relate to. And I think I am constantly trying to do that with just people, whether it's a mom at school or a client or somebody at the office, it's trying to find commonalities, right? We all have them somewhere, but people are mostly very understanding at the end of the day. And I think the driving factor just with my daughter is that, yes, it sucks when I have to leave sometimes or I have to go on a trip but she's also gotten to travel to a lot of these places and she's got the travel bug, which is great. And what's cool is I give an example a lot. We, you know, we work on a lot of projects, but one of my all time favorite projects we've done a lot for Disney is Aulani in Hawaii. And it was a favorite project, not, you know, Disney projects are fun because they're stories, and, but that one was an incredible team of people and it was all about immersing ourselves in the Hawaiian culture because it couldn't be too much Disney characters. It had to respect the Hawaiian culture. And Joe Rohde, a famous Imagineer, was on the project. It was just an incredible team. I mean, we were doing 
Hawaiian chants before meetings and just all kinds of incredible things. We opened the project. This was before I even got married, 11 years ago. And I saw these kids at night. I was like, oh my God, like this is so cool to see them experiencing the magic that we talk about, right? Like it's real. And then fast forward, bringing my daughter there for the first time and she's calling everything mommy's lights because of what my husband had told her. It was just like, ugh. <laughs> It was so cool because, you know, it's great to see kids experiencing that, but when it's your own kid seeing it, experiencing it and discovering things, it's a whole nother level. And it doesn't matter if it's a restaurant that I take her to or a retail store or the city of Beverly Hills that I did 20 years ago. It's, it's pretty cool to have something concrete and timeless, like we talked about before, that's going to be there forever. You're teaching her everything, right? You're teaching her how to be a young woman. You're teaching her how to love her first concert at Lady Gaga that you yeah. guys recently went to. You're teaching her how to go to school, how to have morals, how to respect boundaries yeah. when you're at home. But you're also bringing her along on that journey with you, just like yes. you do with your clients mm -hmm. in the design process, just like you do with your team and growing them from early designers to principals and managers yeah. and, and all these other things. You've had a lot of practice at this. I would argue it's probably somewhat second nature to you at this point, even though I know you wake up and think about it every day. When you look at all of this, the spirit of design, parenting, running a business, how do you think all three of those things kind of relate to each other? And what's that like the superstar at the end of Super Mario that you smash every day? Because while it is a ton, like it's making you who you are at this point in life. I think they all relate to each other because we have goals in everything we do, right? It's developing goals. You want you want to be the best mom. You want to be the best designer. It doesn't really matter if you're the best at the end of the day. It's for yourself. And as long as at the end of the day that I can look back and just like, I did my best today. That's I'm going to do the same thing tomorrow. But I think you brought it up too, perspective. Perspective is key in all of this. And I think it doesn't matter if it's, you know, how you approach your family, how you approach business, how you approach design. It all comes from the same motivation and drive and um, just wanting to get the best out of everybody. You said it too. I, I want that for my whole team. I want to bring them along for the ride as well. That's why it's so important to not just have them sitting in the office all the time. We want them to experience the projects and to get to travel and to see everything come on at the end of the day and being able to aim and focus because that's where you learn. And those are the experiences that it ties us all together at the end of the day. When it comes to trying your best, being honest and coming back tomorrow, it's intimidating when you're young. It's extremely overwhelming sometimes mm -hmm. to the point of, I don't even know how to say I need to slow down mm -hmm. or no, I can't do that. What encouragement can you offer to people who are young in their careers? How do you go about finding the courage to do that? I think I say the same thing in parenting and it, it you're making me realize that I say the same thing at work. Everything is a phase. Everything ebbs and flows. We're in a service-driven business. We have to give our clients the best service or else we wouldn't have a business. But I talk to our team about that a lot. I was in their shoes too. I had those moments where I'm like, oh my God, can I still do this? It takes a lot of time, but at the end of the day, I love lighting. I've talked about it in previous talks before. Of, I think in light, like I think we all do. Like it, when you wake up in the morning and you see the sun and the patterns and what a palm tree pattern is doing on the ground or how the light's reflecting off the water, we may not even realize it, but that's our constant inspiration. And yeah, I talk to them a lot about it because we're actually going through a pretty stressful time as a lot of offices are right now with deadlines and it's great. It's great for business. We have amazing projects. We get to do some pretty cool stuff, but there's stress behind it. So it's just about that resetting, taking a step back. How can we help? Because we want to help you get through this. Because next week, I promise it won't be as bad. Next week won't be as bad because you'll have the courage to continue to give this another shot. You'll have the understanding that you've made it through what felt tough in that very moment. It's that perspective of knowing that you are capable of what you put your mind to. 
don't be overwhelmed. Try mm-hmm. your best and understand that from one phase of life to another, you can learn how to apply things, right? You don't have to learn about work at work all the time. No. You don't have to learn about being a parent at home all the time. You can really kind of relate all walks of life into one thing. Right. And you don't have to know everything all at once, right? I think even if you're a motivated, driven, I was that motivated, driven young person. And I was like, I have to do this by this and this time. And then at some point you learn to let go of that because you realize the experience that you're gaining is what's going to get you there. And you just have to have a little bit of patience, which was very hard for me because I'm a pretty impatient person. Patience is key. It's really key in all of this. I think one of the biggest things every first time parent experiences is how absolutely unimportant and irrelevant, like 50% of their other part of life, whatever that is, becomes the moment there's a tiny little baby, a human in their hands. Yeah, there's a person, yeah. (laughs) There's a person that relies on you. I couldn't even begin to relate that to, you know, the people that work for you or the project that you care so much about. But at the end of the day, these are all things that matter to you. When you slice and dice your day, when you look back on the last... 20 years of your career, or specifically, I guess I should say eight, that, Mm -hmm. you know, this has all been there for you. What are the moments that you're most proud of? And what are the moments that you feel like I learned something and I've still got room to grow? Yeah, I think actually when probably three months in when I was going back to work is a moment that'll stick with me forever. And I think that's also gives me a lot of empathy moving forward to our new moms in the office and when we have new dads as well. It was that, oh my God, am am I going to make it through this? It's pure survival mode when that new person pops out and you are their world and they're your world. It was a lot for me because I've always been a very independent person. And I even remember being like about to pop and driving along the freeway and calling my sister, who my nephew is wonderful, he's older, so my sister had the experience before I did, and being like, oh my God, I just realized I'm not gonna have freedom anymore. It was this very like, oh my God. (laughs) She's like, It's it's gone forever. You know, not that dramatic, but I'm just like, wait a second, it was this, okay, I I gotta have a reality check. I'm about to have a baby. Even walking and I, you know, not to overshare, but had a C-section, so it's planned. Walking into the hospital with my husband, I'm like, maybe we should just get on a plane and go to Hawaii right now. Like, do we really need to have a baby right now? But yeah, and just as soon as that baby pops out, your priorities shift, your world is rocked, and it changes everything. But there was a moment, I think going back to work three months later was when, you know, you have the mom guilt, you have the parent guilt. It's like, am I supposed to keep working? Am Am I supposed to be here? Am I supposed to be there? It took time. It took time to get back into the flow. I'm still working on the flow. What is the flow? But I had a couple experiences where it was like, no, I'm supposed to do this. I'm, I have people that are relying on me at work, clients that are relying on me as well, just as my daughter is. And even though she's number one, this is still very important to me. So I think that's the biggest moment that'll always stick with me that I'm like, I'm meant to do this. It's gonna be okay. You still reflect on all this and you say, hey, I think I can learn more. I think we're always learning more. That's what's so cool about what we do. It's new design, it's something new every day. Lighting is constantly changing. Every technology is just like a phone or a computer. It's everything's changing all the time. But it's not just the technical side of it. That's what's so cool about what we do. There's the artistic side. So it's always expanding with, you know, art and fashion and all these other things that drive me in my personal life. There's always room to discover. Kelly, this has been an incredible conversation. It's extremely fun, it's insightful, and it puts a smile on my face as it does yours. If anybody wants to chat with you more, if they want to get in touch or they just want to high five you for being a mom, a business owner and uh, putting up with clients all day long, 
How can they get in touch with you? Well, you can find all of my info on our website, lightingdesideoflights.com, or my Instagram handle is just at Killeen, which is my real name, K-Y-L-L-E-N-E. Um, but I go by Kelly. You can call me either one. And I'm not like Cher just because I have one name. <laughs> all my friends are impressed that I'm just my name at Instagram. She's not Cher, <laughs> but you're a rock star in our industry. There's so many people that look up to you. I know how much you've done for everyone that's worked for you. Uh, and I know how much you've done for your clients. Thank you for your dedication to the industry. I wish you so much more fun in Palm Springs before it's all over. And I'll talk to you soon. Same to you. Thanks so much, Sam. It's been a pleasure. See ya. Thanks again for listening to this episode of The Light Pod. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and click that like, follow, or subscribe button. That's the best way to never miss another episode where we talk to people about all things lighting who have inspirational and thought-provoking conversations to share. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.